Rank and Vile, the horror podcast where we attempt to rank every horror movie ever made. I'm Quincy, and I'm joined this week by a giant talking wrestling ant, Green Ant. Oh, hello there, Quincy. Thank you for joining us. Um, I know you're running a busy schedule as an ant and uh, also a wrestler. Uh, Certainly. uh, This is one of the few nights that I have just to hang out and talk. So, uh, what have you been up to uh, lately, Green Ant? What what's going on? Tell me what a day in the life of a, a green ant is. Oh, uh, certainly. Uh, you wake up. Uh, you, you rummage around for some food. Uh, maybe crash a picnic or two. But it's been raining a lot up here in in the northeast half of the, the U.S. So those plans kind of get ruined depending on the day. Uh, and then then off to wrestling school. Train for a few hours, come back home, sleep, do it all over again. Awesome. So how did you get into wrestling in the first place? Like, what was the moment where you were like, yeah, this is for me? Uh, Growing up, we had, uh, if you don't know, there were multiple other ant wrestlers. uh, And they've all worked for Chikara Pro, who, um, if you didn't know, that's where I'm from. So uh, growing up around them in the Ant Hill, uh, I saw them show up on the wrestling scene and realized that wrestling's not just for the human variety, but for the ant kind as well. Most excellent. Now, you also enjoy horror movies from time to time. Uh, what was the uh, catalyst? Like, what started your interest in horror? Uh, all the, the ghost adventuring stories, uh, like uh, the TV show Ghost Hunters. Uh, was I was a big fan of that growing up, and then the the horror movie that sticks to mind as like one of the first that I watched was Halloween H two O, which admittedly is not the best Halloween to watch as your first one, uh, but I certainly enjoyed it as a youngster. It's a very fun one. It's not like it's fun, so for sure that's a very good one. I think that's the one with Buster Rhymes, right? Oh, probably. I was. Uh, all I knew was a scary guy in a mask was walking around, uh, and he eventually got hit by a car. <laughs> so so you've been kind enough to watch some insect-themed horror movies to talk to me about this week. Uh, let's talk about 1977's The Empire of the Ants. Oh, yes, all of my brethren inside The Empire of the Ants. So if uh, you all listening want to check this movie out, you can find it on Daily Motion. Just search... The Empire of the Ants. I think it is in between uh, copyright licenses, or if not, it's just on the internet. But basically, the plot of this movie is um, toxic waste gets spilled on an ant hill, and um, these rich people are on a tour of a timeshare. Is that what it is? Uh, it seemed as if they were looking to develop land. And, and then they find out that there are giant ants that have grown from the, the toxic sludge, and the rest of the movie is fighting off giant ants. Uh, and I think the most important part that uh, seems to have been missed out on this is the toxic sludge came from none other than a sugar factory. It's a very 1970s eco-horror kind of movie. It's a very, like, think about, you know, because 
the movie is not a fan of suburbs, it's not a fan of rich people, it's not a fan of ants, it's not really a fan of anything. It's just kind of a, a real downer of a movie. It certainly is. <laughs> There's a... so, so I wanted to ask, as an ant, how do you feel about the portrayal of ants in this film? I, I feel like the ants were, were not portrayed as, as handsomely as they should be. Uh, certainly, judging by, you know, they're already struck with this toxic material. Then they grow and you expect them to, to not want to take over your sugar factory. That's unbelievable in my eyes. Of If I'm human-sized as I am, I certainly love sugar. And if there was a sugar factory around the corner from my house, I'd be trying to get in there every day too. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to enslave the town with pheromones to do your evil bidding. You would, you know, welcome them with open arms. Exactly. And, uh, you know, some people might ask, like, is, is eating humans wrong? And then might turn into, how many humans has Green Ant eaten? And my answer to that is, it's none of your business, but three. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe treat the ants better. Don't build, uh, don't dump your toxic waste near my anthill, and I won't come back and enslave your town. Yeah, yeah, keep your waste out of my anthill. That's, uh, you heard it here first. So... <sighs> I do think that one of the things this movie has going for it is very clever um, use of uh, movie magic. The way that they take regular sized ants and with like shots, either cutting the film and laying it on top of the people or just like forced perspective shots or what they did. They got away with not making a giant ant puppet or only making like one the whole movie. Yeah. The, um, during the, the, the death scenes, there's certainly some sort of shenanigans going on there. Uh, and at one point, there's a whole bunch of ants crawling around on the street, screen, and uh, the green screen was clipping through one of the ants and cut them off, uh, which uh, horrified me even more than, than the movie it did itself. I've never seen an yeah. ant without a, without a whole body. That was petrifying. So, who is your favorite character on the the yacht? Like, who's your favorite uh, tourist in this movie? Because when we meet him, we've got the tour guide, we've got the the lush, we've got the boat captain. You know, it's a real a regular cast of uh, a, a real rogues gallery at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed the boat captain uh, most. Mostly because he seemed down to earth. Uh, he was getting hit on by the uh, the older lady, and reminded her that his job is to, to drive the boat and not give his perspective on whether or not she should waste all of her money on this obviously bad investment. Um, yeah, he's he. I really like the cut of his jib, and also I really like the Tennessee tuxedo he's wearing, the denim mm-hmm. jacket, and the the boy jeans, and his <laughs> one earring as well. <laughs> He's uh, He really dressed for the part, uh, went all out for this role. Which I want to know, do you think that he dressed like that? Like, is that costuming, or did he show up on set and they said, we're running late, hop on, and we'll just shoot from here? I feel like they maybe gave him the creative freedom to, to dress himself. And he said, what does a boat captain look like? This. And, and wore that. I feel like that guy looks like a lot of my friends in elementary school's dads. Like, it's a very (laughs) 1990 
five look, which I, even though this movie was made in the seventies, maybe it's like really forward, very fashion forward. <laughs> uh, at that time, he was cutting edge. Uh, really, he might have started that whole movement. And really, he's like the only guy that puts up a, a good fight with the ants in the movie. Like everyone else, just is ant food. But yeah. he, you know, he's got axes and a gun and a fla- road flare and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so like, I, I appreciate him uh, trying to fight his way out of out of these ants that have obviously been wrong in their life. Um, so, so I applaud him for his effort to stay alive. So, <clears throat> why... I'm trying to put my finger on what this movie is lacking. Because it was fun... But when I got done watching it, I was like, okay, I don't need to see that movie again. That's over. Um, What is it about the Empire of the Ants that's just not working? I think they could have killed the guy in the the white suit uh, far more, like, many more times. uh, When we first see him and he's trying to hit on the girl behind the bush uh, with his wife on the boat. Uh, I certainly hoped he was the first, because he was the, if I remember correctly, the first person that the ants look at. Yeah, yeah, and he is the biggest scumbag. Like, as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, he is going to die because he's being a total scum to her. Yeah, and then then they wait. Uh, I, I was hoping he was number one or number two. Yeah, and he's like number three or number four i think that girl dies before he does the girl and his wife he leaves his wife behind (laughs) like like what a jerk yeah and i just feel like there's that really weird part of the end where there's just no ants for a solid 20 minutes at the climax and then they go to the factory and there's like all of the ants ever yeah and i don't know why they just decided not to go straight to the factory they did the whole like we got to go to the gas station and we got to get in the car and we got to drive around and then find out the town's been taken over by ants yeah and uh, i just i wasn't digging it i felt uh maybe seeing the ants ruined it um i this might have been better if it was a horror not seen for a while yeah, yeah, that's, like, the real monster problem that, if you look at our list, like, the reason why Aliens is so high is, uh, the first Alien is, you know, number four, is because you don't see it for the majority of the movie, and and The Thing is, you know, number two, because you can't really get a good look at it until, you know, very late in the movie, and I think this is, we have ants, and you see them, and that's it. They don't really escalate. The The tension doesn't escalate. It's just 0 to 60, and then it's got to last another hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. So they, they could have held off on showing me the, the terribly made ant prop that they used. I did appreciate the ant... Um, documentary that starts the movie out like the really nice explanation of pheromones because that definitely comes back at the end of the movie that like this is what pheromones are because you'll need to know this later yeah i appreciate a movie that tells me what i need to know about it uh so that way uh they don't assume that i'm intelligent enough to know this (laughs) so looking at our list 
Um, just a place to start. Is it better to watch wrestling or to watch a movie about ants? Uh, well, if, if we're looking at this uh, IWA Japan Nailhead Deathmatch 1994, uh, this is certainly less scary than that. Yeah, for sure. Now, at number uh, 220 mm. is the DVD Undertaker, He Buries Them Alive. That is the Undertaker in just casket matches for an hour. Um, yeah. What would you rather rewatch? I do enjoy a good Undertaker match. Something about when he does that old school and he tight ropes, it's always amazing to me. It's it's I feel like a little kid again every time I see him do that. It's uh it's it's quite the tricky maneuver. As someone that, that does rope trick moves myself, uh, walking that top rope can be can be quite the time if you're not ready for it. Yeah. Look, here's a Rankin Vaughn exclusive. Green Ant, um, is The Undertaker a good wrestler? Hmm. He's a good entertainer. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, the Undertaker is entertaining. Uh, much like Hulk Hogan, he can wrestle if he needs to, but he doesn't need to, so he doesn't. Yeah. And, and I think... You know, rest his soul. Paul Bearer was really the the drawing factor in the Undertaker's character. Oh, certainly, especially in the beginning, you couldn't have gotten yeah. him anywhere without that. So, so is the Undertaker better than this movie, The Empire of the Ants? Uh, certainly. Okay, so right under that is the movie Hush. <laughs> yes, so we have varying opinions on this movie as I enjoyed it. I enjoy it too. It's just, you know, when you watch 280 movies, sometimes some are a little lower than others. Um, <laughs> Naturally. I, I feel like Hush is does not have the problems that The Empire of Ants has, whereas uh, Hush, I watched the whole thing on the edge of my seat, and Empire mm-hmm. of Ants, I drifted off in the middle. I'm not quite... I watched the whole movie. I saw the end credits. But if you ask me right now what happens at the ending of the movie, I'm kind of at a loss. They just... They drive away, I think. They get on the boat and they drive away. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. There's no discussion of this sugar factory that's been converted and this entire town that's just just gone now and also the science of if you kill the queen ant the rest of the ants just die like i don't think that's how ants work well uh you need your queen to survive and she's the only one that will ever reproduce for you so it's not it's not too far off well that's true that's true so right on so i think it's safe to say that hush is better than the empire of the ants yes um now, right under that, we have Deathbed, the bed that eats people. Uh, that's about a bed that eats people. I have. Uh, I am looking that up right now as we speak, and <laughs> it's uh, it's exactly what it says it is, <laughs> which is a, an hour and a half of a bed eating people. Ah, uh, and you would is... think people would learn not to lay down on a strange bed, and especially not to have sex on a strange bed. But not in that movie. This it's sounds a lot like time. this sounds like the movie Teeth, but in a bed instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Teeth is like 
smarter. This movie does not have the intention or the message that Teeth has. Mm. Now, way farther down is the movie Two-Headed Shark Attack, which is, of course, about a shark with two heads. Yeah. Which does star uh, Brooke Hogan. Um, Would you rather watch Brooke Hogan or The Empire of Ants? I've watched enough Hogan Knows Best to know the answer is Empire of the Ants. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we definitely have a floor. I think it's better than Two-Headed Shark Attack. Mm -hmm. But now we have to decide the ceiling. So, number 228 is the Zodiac Killer from 1971. That, uh, for those of you listening at home that haven't checked out the back catalog is the movie that they made to actually catch the Zodiac Killer because the director was convinced that if he made a Zodiac Killer movie, the Zodiac Killer would go see it and they would catch him in the lobby. Uh, So it's just basically an elaborate uh, mousetrap. It's not actually a movie. It's just a plot to catch a serial killer. That, man, that sounds more interesting than this movie might be. Right? It's, it's... The movie like, itself... The, see, that's the thing. Is is it more important that the background of the movie is really interesting or the actual movie? Because, frankly, the movie The Zodiac Killer is just a guy in a sweatshirt, a black sweatshirt shooting people, and The Empire of the Ants is all of these big old ants chomping people, which looks rather good for the 1970s. But the background of Zodiac Killer is so fascinating, I'm getting stuck. I feel I don't want to factor the background into this. Mostly because the background of, of this Ants movie uh, is certainly to tell you to not eat sugar, which I do not condone as an ant. But as, a, as the human portion of me says that diabetes is a thing, maybe you shouldn't consume so much. And you should definitely be aware of where you dump your waste. Uh, which that is a a message I can get behind. So, uh, if I factor that in and I factor in the backstory behind the Zodiac Killer, I'm going to call that a wash. Uh, yeah. So, movie-wise, if it's just a man walking around killing people, I've seen that. On the other hand, I haven't seen that many ants eating people. That's true. I I think that really we can jump right back up to, to Deathbed and Hush, because the decaying world is just a zombie short film. Uh, Daguerreotype is a really slow burn thriller. It's very boring. Gantz O is just anime nonsense. So I, I think that it's really down to Hush, Deathbed, and Empire of the Ants. But now I'm not quite sure if, you know, ants are better than beds that eat people or not. If, if I'm going to substitute out Deathbed as teeth, but with a bed, uh, and less creative, we'll go, intelligent about their way. Uh, I've watched Teeth multiple times. I don't know that I'd watch Deathbed multiple times, but I'd certainly bring this, this Empire of the Ants movie up at the Ant Hill movie night if we were stuck. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I also, not being an ant, would watch... Um, Empire of the Ants more than Deathbed because that boat captain's earring and um, jean jacket are just 
excellent. They're indescribably good. Yeah, that. so I feel like we're putting it right there underneath of Hush into spot 223. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the place to go. Awesome. So, The Empire of the Ants from 1977 is our new number 223. Now... Uh, we are going to talk about something a little different than ants. We're going to talk about bees. That's right. We're talking about 1978's The Bees, uh, which if you want to check this out, it is streaming on Shudder, which sponsors us. It also has uh, a Blu-ray put out by Vinegar Syndrome with a really great Blu-ray cover, but I have to warn you, I think the cover is better than the movie itself. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that. That's a really nice cover. Yeah, I, I think the real problem is the, the the cover that Vinegar Syndrome commissioned is a swarm of bees eating a guy's face off, and the bees do not do that in this movie. No one gets eaten down to a skeleton. Yeah, just just a lot of stinging, that's all. Yeah, just just being swelled up. Um... So, let's talk about this movie. So, this movie came out a year um, after Empire of the Ants. And The Bees is strangely similar in theme. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel the motives of the bees are very similar. <laughs> that that bees just want to, to spread the hive of bees. Um, so, so, is there a lot of um, ant-bee beef? Well, with uh, the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out, people have been trying to get me to team up with uh, with Chikara's resident wasp, Solo Darling. But I, I have beef with uh, Travis Hucka B of previously the Rumblebees. So we're, uh, we're about 50-50 on where we lie. Well, if I can do some intercessing, um, my dream match, it, my dream tag team is Green Ant and Solo Darling. So, um, if you could, if you could find it in your your ant exoskeleton to to mend that bridge, I think the fans would really appreciate a Solo Darling Green Ant tag team. C- certainly, I I love Solo Darling. It's that is that dastardly Travis Huckabee that uh could take a whooping and stay in his hive. For sure. And and Solo Darling loves sugar, so you, you both have that in common. Exactly. So the plot of the bees is that killer bees are taking over South America, and they're going to take over the United States. And this corporation is trying to engineer the bees so that they won't be deadly anymore and then the corp the the scientists get bought out by a corporation that's going to use the royal jelly to make cosmetics and the bees revolt and say no that's not appropriate yeah that was there's another case of corporations coming in and uh trying to take what insects naturally produce as their own yeah, and, and, you know, I've never really been an anti-honey kind of guy. I like honey in my tea every now and then. But the concept of royal jelly specifically is unforgivable to me. Uh, I, I certainly would agree with you there. That's that's It's kind of untouchable, and, and there should be no reason to, to farm that or try to exploit these killer bees in that, in that manner. 
Yeah. Now, the one thing I do enjoy about this movie is the death scenes from everyone in the entire movie being stung by bees because uh, it, it it takes some real physicality and, and some of these actors really gave it their all. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the, the robbers from the elevator. Yes, the robbers <laughs> The robbers start this movie off really strong because they're going to steal honey and they... <laughs> uh, well, the I'm talking when... The, the ladies in the elevator going up to uh, the, the doctor and they're like you're getting robbed and they go to take her briefcase and pop it open it's a whole bunch of bees oh yeah dude gets stung and dives through a plate glass window in order to escape the bees that didn't work out too hot now did it no no I also love that there's just so many bees in this movie that of course her handbag just has a bee in it that she's like, sorry, I just well, got a lot of bees. Oh, she. Uh, from what I was understanding, she was smuggling them in. This is another movie where there's actually some really clever uh, camera work because either they shot a swarm of bees and just like laid that film over regular film, or like I couldn't tell if some points they were just throwing, you know, live bees at people or what it was. <laughs> but there was just these these like sandstorms of insects and you know and people being just like swamped with bugs yeah it, it appeared as if uh at some points they were throwing handfuls of croutons at people across the <laughs> yes screen. yeah i think that's what it was was crouton <laughs> also can we talk about at the very beginning of the movie they they're in south america in a i think it's a generic south america they don't even give it like a country name and yeah. The the villagers come to burn down the lab because the bees have just killed a child. And the scientist walks up to these people and gives the most ridiculous me scientist, me take care of devil bee speech to them. And they just summarily kill him. Yeah. And burn his house. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and watching at home, I was kind of like, yeah, you deserve that. They're they're not idiots. They just speak Spanish. <laughs> Essentially, that's uh, how I felt about that part. Um, <laughs> did I did I agree with the, the people trying to kill the bees? Not necessarily. Nor did I agree with them trying to burn down that lovely house that was obviously put up in this middle, this Central American house or African house, wherever they were. Uh, in places that only spoke Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) I I also like that, according to this movie's logic, if your house is on fire, if you get into a walk-in freezer, you won't die, because it's cold in there. (laughs) If fire is hot and you're cold, obviously you can't burn. Yeah, that's just science. Um, Another... This movie is just weird. It's just flat-out strange. And I think the music really plays into that. Yeah, the uh, the backing track was intriguing, to say the least. <laughs> I feel like it was this guy's, uh, like, mixtape resume. Like, he's like, I don't really <laughs> want to do this film, but maybe if I just work in all of my repertoire, I can get a better movie later. Yeah, like, if I can show the world what I got, 
I'll be the next Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I can do jazz. I can do <laughs> weird synthesizer. I can do rock band. I can do it all. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting choice by whoever decided to score this movie. I think the other... Uh, my, my absolute favorite scene has to be where the kids are playing in the park and this cowboy says he has uh, rheumatoid arthritis and bees help his legs feel better if he gets stung by bees. He needs exactly Yeah, yeah. So bees. so he pays the kids. Two dollars, it looked, uh, which I looked up, uh, and one dollar and 1978 money to 2018 money is $3.66. So he has these kids catching bees for him for a little over seven dollars <laughs> i i commented that uh a little over seven dollars is is not enough for me to possibly get stung by a bee sticking it in a bag to give to an old man yeah i have never in my life thought i can grab this bee and put it in a paper bag like i've never had well one i've never had a paper bag and a bee in proximity <laughs> but two like if you said hey go put this bee in a bag i'm like that's impossible you cannot put a, a bee in a bag without it not singing you. Yeah, it's it's not a firefly. This isn't as easy as it looks. Yeah, yeah. So so these kids grab these, of course, killer bees, and uh, <laughs> this guy put shakes the bag up to piss the bees off and then pulls up his pant leg and sticks the bag to his pant leg, and he gives the most agonizing death performance that I think I've ever seen. Well, uh, that was after the uh, the one kid that didn't get in on the $2 uh, handshake deal, as if there was any other way to call this, throws a rock at the hive of bees, and they all come down. And let's talk about how salty mouth those children are. <laughs> that The kid walks up and is like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, None of your fucking business. <laughs> incredible sequence leading up to the best dance moves I've ever seen out of a cowboy with rheumatoid arthritis. Dude, that guy flips backwards over the... <laughs> he would make the, you believe that the bees really did help, and he is now cured. Yeah, yeah. I definitely did wonder, like, this guy doesn't have arthritis anymore. And every time he would, like, stop moving for a moment, I'd think, oh, he's dead. And then he gets up and flops for, like... Five more seconds. He's another one that uh, said, this movie might not be the best movie, but if I show the world how I can act and move, I'll, I can probably get a better gig out of this. I'm starting to wonder if the way the producer got this movie made is he said, I'm not going to pay you, but other people will see what you're doing and they'll know to put you in their next movie. Which is certainly a way to do it. I'm looking up to see how much the budget was for this film, if it's even out there. It's got to be like three dollars and fifty cents. It's vi <laughs> it's also got the most 1978 stereotypes. the The United Nations scene where everyone is the most uh, country they can possibly be. There's the guy from <laughs> India that's wearing like the stereotypical Indian costume. There's the guy from um, Russia that's got like the thickest Rux Russian accent you could possibly imagine. I I feel as if they felt nobody had ever seen these these people, 
ever before in their life, uh, which is very important to know that uh, this is what they sound like in case you ever came upon one in life. So how do you feel about the the message that donuts will kill you? Because that one woman gets off the beach and opens her bag and is about to eat her donut and it has a bee on it and stings her to death. Uh, is she the one that I'm picturing inside her house by the maybe like an island or like a counter where she has the most horrific looking face during her death scene? No, I think she's a different one because she's the one that's got the blue eyeshadow and the jeans that go up to her armpits. Oh, yes, yes. And... Yeah, so so she's she's leaving the beach and she's changing in like a public. Oh yes, her. I remember her. Um, well, it just goes to show to not eat food in public restrooms. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That she could have waited. <laughs> if, if you weren't gonna get stung by the bee, you'd probably catch some sort of, you know, whatever E. coli bacteria that's going around. Maybe <laughs> salmonella. That like something that'll put you in the hospital. So. It's probably best that the bee got her, because at least that death was quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quick rather than a long, drawn-out <laughs> The hospital uh, bill you'll get afterwards. So, I feel like um, my favorite character in this movie, besides the my favorite main character, because my favorite character is that cowboy, but my favorite actual character is uh, John Carradine, uh, Uncle Ziggy. Oh, Uncle Ziggy, who gets... Killed the only way that Uncle Ziggy could, and not by bees. <laughs> <laughs> I could not stop staring at John Carradine's hands. Like, I never noticed before that he's got weird hands. See, while you were looking at his hands, I was looking at his facial expressions while he was talking. <laughs> <laughs> They're also the most. <laughs> I've never seen anyone's face move so much only saying so little yeah it's it's so much so in this movie sandra miller and dr john norman after sandra smuggles the bees to new york city uh sandra and john go to bed for the first time ever and they wake up and the bedroom is literally covered floor to ceiling in bees yes and uh i had a comment on Sandra and John's relationship because when Sandra comes in, John is with another lady and about to throw down as the young kids would say. So then for her to, to pop in and act like, oh, it's cool. I was a little skeptical about that. Yeah, yeah, I wonder about that. Also, um, she puts on his uh, karate gi, I guess, with nothing <laughs> under it, which... yeah. And there's that sensual black belt tying moment in the movie. But then here comes Uncle Ziggy to let everyone know that that's not this type of movie. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie about hyper-intelligent bees, not about... <laughs> she should have waited at least a day, according to Uncle Ziggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the end of this movie is maybe the... like. A movie that's nothing but weirdness, the end of this movie is the weirdest. Because they learn that the bees have been talking to them the whole time. One of the most interesting uh, portions of this is Uncle Ziggy going, Oh, I understand the bees. Uh, <laughs> do, do you really, Uncle Ziggy? Or, or are you 
taking too much other side drugs. Yeah, and 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 I oh I also forgot. There's definitely a scene that takes place at a Rose Bowl parade because of yes. course bees will invade a flower parade. <laughs> yes, uh, that was. Um... A solid minute. Except a lot of those floats had bees sculptures on them, and there's like slow, ominous zooms to say, like, "Oh, there's a bee." You know here. what's gonna happen next? <laughs> but it never happens. So <laughs> <laughs> like, there's there's bees here. You can see them, but they're not the bees that you thought they were. So apparently, there was another bee movie that was. Not actually. Like, there was another good B-movie coming out in the 70s, and this one beat it to the screen. Uh, The Swarm, if, I, if I've if i looked it up correctly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's The Swarm. So so this director was like, The Swarm's going to make a lot of money. This this is the snakes on a plane of the 1970s, really. Mm. Uh, without the catchy line, for sure. That For sure. <laughs> So, where do we want to put it on our list? Because the ending definitely just, like, stops. Uh, it stops, but it's certainly way better than Empire of the Ants, unfortunately for, for my other ant brethren. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so do you think you could bring this back to the hive, or would you be uh, run out on a, on a rail for, for suggesting to watch another kind of insect movie? From the science perspective, I enjoyed this immensely. Horror-wise, wasn't over-the-top scary, but it had a lot of good death scenes. It did have a lot of good death scenes. It might go right above The Undertaker. He buries him alive. Yeah, I think that that would be a good place for it. Uh, because definitely that cowboy, um, his work rate is way higher than The Undertaker. I mean, even uh, some of the people that Undertaker's put in caskets, like you don't see them doing backflips. Uh, after having rheumatoid arthritis. Listen, this Undertaker DVD has that Jerry Lawler casket match, and it is the dirt worst. <laughs> because the worst thing about that match, uh, I don't know if you've seen it in a while, but Jerry Lawler fakes to have, like, a cross in his fist, like he snuck <laughs> a cross into the ring, and because he's got a weighted fist, it's supposed to give him an advantage. And the, I can't remember who's calling the match, but someone says, it looks like Jerry Lawler has something in his fist, but he never shows it. So the whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, what is he doing? I don't know. Um, and also, Jerry Lawler has a fireball in his moveset. So... <laughs> He can always he can throw fireballs, so why not do that instead? You would think that'd be the easy way out. <laughs> Maybe that's it. It's the coward's way out to to burn uh, the dead man alive. He said uh, it would rather be honorable to to get buried than to burn him, uh, much like yeah. his brother Cain did or tried to at least. Ah uh, yes, yes. We really need to add the the Cain movies to this list at some point. Um, see no evil and see no evil too but that's for another episode i i almost suggested those uh as it's been a while since i've seen see no evil and i haven't seen see no evil 2 yet and i needed an excuse 
Well, clearly you're yeah. going to have to come back and watch <laughs> those <Yeah>. with us. <laughs> um, so above Undertaker, he buries them alive at 220 is the anime Vampire Hunter D. And above that is Godzilla versus Hedra, which is Godzilla versus a pile of pollution. Pollution can be scary. Uh, it's it's taking out whole cities. Uh, Vampire Hunter D. Vampire movies don't really do it for me. So to call Vampire Hunter D a vampire movie is putting it very generously because it is um, it's not much of one. Oh. Mm. Uh, it's 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 a future. Um, vampire sword kind of movie now at way up at 208 is um the halloween episode of 205 live where they have the trick-or-treat match where mustafa ali eats a bunch of candy and um shares it with all of his tag partners and um they force tony niece to eat a snickers bar and it's as if they're shoveling they're shoving thumbtacks in his mouth (laughs) um I don't well, think the bees is better than that. I was going to say uh, the the prospect of Tony Nese losing his abs uh, due to a Snickers bar or any other candy would certainly send me for uh, a fright. Yeah. So, so that's number two eight. Right underneath that is uh, the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro and Batman Gotham by Gaslight, which is the steampunk Batman movie. I feel like both of those are better than the bees too. Yeah, I feel like we might be Vampire Hunter D. Uh, the synopsis, at least, for Vampire Hunter D, sounds slightly more interesting. Yeah, and and Vampire Hunter D at least has some nostalgia for me, and also, I I think it's safe to say it's not better than Godzilla versus uh, Walking Trash because, because it's Walking Trash in Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. How could it be if we're if we're talking? Um, yeah. So so I think that's safe to put um, the bees at number two twenty on our list. I I would agree with that. All right. Green Ant, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight and talking about some not very good movies. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take the good with the bad some days. I promise if you come back, I'll let you pick uh, good things to watch instead. <laughs> I'm all about See No Evil. The cinematic classic, See No Evil. (laughs) So where can our listeners find you out and about, um, online, in person, all of that? Uh, So online I have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com backslash greenantwrestles. My Twitter and Instagram handles are at underscore greenant underscore. I have uh, a Tumblr page, which I believe is greenantwrestles.com. I'm probably the only green ant on Tumblr, so if you if you Google that, you'll you'll find me pretty easily. And uh, I have a merchandise store at greenant.com, greenant.bigcartel.com. Whole bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, and uh, that merchandise is good. I got my green ant um, sticker uh, that I am putting on my. I, I'm still debating what I'm going to put it on, but it is my favorite. <laughs> That's uh, I have a, a new T-shirt coming out. I, I put the order in this week, and they should be arriving days, within days, hopefully hours, if we're all lucky. Uh, so that'll be going up soon. I have patches for the punk rock crowd. Uh, oh, mostly because Thief Ant uh, acquired them from a, a print shop somewhere and said, hey, look at what we have to sell now for the punk crowd. And I said, 
this might be receiving stolen property, but I'm all for a good patch. That's uh, very good. Uh, live, uh, I wrestle at uh, Chikara a lot, ChikaraPro.com. You can bet your bottom dollar. You'll see me at Chikarasaurus Rex 811 and uh, all weekend at King of Trios, uh, Labor Day weekend, 831-9192 in Easton, PA. Uh, whether or not my trio goes all the way, I will certainly be there in attendance no matter what. Um, um, do you have any promos you need to cut real quick for King of Trios? Uh, the Resistance is going to win it all. Hoo-ha. That's the big one. Uh, teaming with Fire Ant and Thief Ant and a clean sweep of this tournament means going three nights undefeated and I feel by that time we'll be ready for it. So you heard it here first, uh, Resistance uh, for King of Trios 2018. Um, so we can be found online at Twitter, Rankin Valcast. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email uh, for business or for saying hi or whatever, it's uh, rankinvalcast at gmail.com. We also have a Tumblr, so when you're adding uh, Green Ant, add us too. It's just rankinvile. Uh, we have an Instagram, um, which is rankinvile. And we're on Letterboxd, so if you want to see the list in its entirety, we're pretty good about updating the Letterboxd. Except uh, be warned, some things like the IWA Nail Hill Deathmatch aren't on Letterboxd for some reason. I don't know why someone wouldn't make a page for that glorious uh, wrestling show. But anyway, um, thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week. <laughs>